to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Kevin Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rocking about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's the real one I choose to devote my life to. That's okay. It means something. You know, that's my take on it. What's yours? Protonic Riversong! That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact that we are all up in your face. It is time once again for the one, the only... Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it. Got a good episode tonight. This is none other than Mr. Jared Warren, a guy I like quite a bit. All his bands are great, all his mini bands. A lot of people know him from Carp. Incredible band. Uh, Folks know him, of course, from the mighty big business. We're continually doing awesome stuff. All the time, always. Some folks know him from Type Rose from way back when. Often forgotten about. Big rock and roll band. Killer stuff. And there are those that know him from The Whip, which recently has had a reissue. And uh, it's pretty awesome. So we're going to talk about all that stuff. So very excited for this. Very excited for you to hear from Jared. He doesn't do this kind of thing a lot, so I don't t- I don't take it lightly. Let's put it that way. I don't take it lightly. So real quick before we do that, house cleaning. Uh, again, thanks everyone for all the, the show the sport's gotten recently. It's awesome. Really appreciate everybody sharing the episodes around, all that good stuff. Patreon.com slash Protonkreversal if you want these episodes sooner. Otherwise, pretty pretty straightforward. RadioNeutron.com for the archives. They uh, they gradually get there. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a while. Um, Anything else? I think that's it. Thanks. Just a, a general thanks. And let's hear... Uh, there's some music for our guest. Let's do something off the whip record. This is Freelance Liaison. Goes like this.
That's right. That was a little, uh, the whip action. And with us now, we have none other than the, the man himself, Jared Warren. Jared, how are you, man? Hello. I am a man myself. <laughs> you are a man. <laughs> All by myself. It's, 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 uh, you, you can be a myth, you can be a legend, and you can also just be a man, and all those things can be true at the same time. Uh, yeah, totally. It's good talking to you, man. Good to, good to talk to you, too. How are you? Uh, getting by in this quarantine times. How are you, uh, how are you getting through with this quarantine stuff, man? How are you holding up? Uh, okay, all things considered. Um, yeah, it's a heavy time, for sure. Uh, we have a couple, my wife and I have a couple small children and a kind of small house so that can be kind of intense at times yeah not a lot of time um, for uh, much anything i would imagine not so much we're very fortunate to have a, a little a little backyard area so there is like outdoor time available um but it's pretty hot here right now uh so everybody's inside yeah, so has it been kind of bizarre to try to sort of explain why things are different right to, now? To my children? Yeah. Uh, not so much. Um, my daughter, she is six and goes to kindergarten. And my son is three and uh, he was going to preschool. Um, right. So for him, it's not, I don't, I'm not sure what his grasp of time is or it doesn't seem that he's he's uh, seems completely aware of, of the situation, but um, or or cares for that matter. Uh, my daughter, <laughs> right? Yeah, also important. <laughs> yeah, but my my daughter is, is is she's doing okay. She's doing some you know kind of hacking her way through some homeschool stuff, like you know bits and pieces of video um, learning, and kind of meets up with her teacher a couple times a week and on you know via zoom or whatever right. um she misses her friends of course and so that's kind of a big deal um but she's doing okay we we, we talk about it pretty frequently and make sure she doesn't have any um you know lingering questions or, or you know is anything she's scared of we try to address it in a pretty direct way um, yeah I mean, it's a scary time just for adults, alone for kids. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's, <laughs> Not to put your final point on it, but, you know. Hey. No, it's legitimate, though. It's difficult to kind of keep a, a, you know, you have to keep things upbeat and keep things keep things cool, you know, um, as, as the adults in the house. So, we, and it can, there are definitely moments, you know, that are pretty difficult or just, hearing something on the radio or getting new news, you know, more bad news. It's just, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really a, anything that's good where you're like, Oh, I'm no, so glad I listened to that. It's like, Oh no, that's terrible too. Okay. No. Yeah. I definitely went through a period, you know, where I stopped listening, you know, I stopped listening to the news, stopped reading the news and, you know, really delved in, I think this is the pattern for a lot of people kind of got into projects, you know, mm-hmm. that you could, that you have access to. And so I just did that for a couple of weeks and that was great. Got a lot of stuff done around the house, built a bunk bed for my kids, um, built a numerous forts for them as well. Um, and you know, kind of just some regular home stuff, but 
kind of ran out of stuff like that to do, and now it's kind of back to the right because it's sort of like at least the stuff you're mentioning is all like very uh, achievable stuff. Yeah, whereas folks are like, I'm gonna learn Esperanto, and it's like, really, are you though? I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, be yeah, the best sure. goal to set for yourself. Uh, yeah, I got into some stuff like you know, I, I you know started baking sourdough bread like every other asshole, and you know, just doing stuff that like trying to do something with very little yeah. and and uh making your hands busy and your mind busy and whatever but every day you wake up and it's the same realization right it takes yeah. a second to sink in and then you realize oh yeah it's this again today still it's like the movie groundhog's uh-huh. day except for we're all doing it now yeah which is kind of the only i don't know i guess it's a comfort that everybody's doing it i kind of feel like it is I don't, I mean, I don't get behind the, you know, we are American, we're all in this together sort of, sort of vibe, but, uh, but you know, it, it is a fact that everybody is, is immersed in this one way or another. Yeah. And I, I found that it has been like, there's some comfort to that. Like there's some comfort to the fact that like, Hey, this blows, but at least it blows for everybody. Like it's <laughs> like, everybody's it's, getting some, like everybody's got this like kind of resting state of anxiety and, and, and like kind of like low grade depression and like unease and yeah. 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 And it's, you know, it doesn't make it better. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. But we're all in it together. We're we can all together. have a patch at the end. We'll all get a patch and a, Merit badge, yeah, exactly. Uh, so one nice thing has been uh, this this whip issue of of the record. Like there there's uh-huh. sort of like the lost the lost band of the Jared War- Jared Warren discography for a lot of folks that either people were just less aware of or maybe didn't know about at all. Uh, sure, awesome, it's certainly less oh, yeah, cool. less known. Thanks. Um. It's awesome. It, it, it's a great package. It, I think it really does a service to the band and to that time period. And I, I really enjoyed uh, the liner notes that you did oh, as well. You. I thought they were very well done and kind of put the focus on, you know, really uh, like all the awesome positive things that that band brought in. I know that was kind of a long time coming, though, just to put it bluntly, right? The, the, the record itself? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yes, and I and I should note I should mention that uh, uh, the only reason this really came out was because of Josh Vanek's yeah. uh, gentle perseverance, gentle nudging, and he, he's a very kind man. He's a very patient man, um, and he's very passionate about music. And I, I thank him for keeping on my ass uh, about this for many years <laughs> until uh, he. He finally, uh, uh, he broke me and he forced me to do the things I was supposed, I said I was going to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's sort of like, uh, he's kind of like quietly relentless, right? Like that's about, like, but the best way to put it. Like he's sort of like, he's not a dick about it at all, but no, he definitely not doesn't, all. you know, he's, he's got that, Hey man, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep on with this. Can we, can we and do he, this now? And he, yes. And, and, and I kept saying yes. And then it was, you know, like. New updates are ready for your computer. Do you want to install them now? <laughs> of course I do. Remind me tomorrow. And then you push remind me tomorrow, and then the next day, like, hey, these updates are still here. I mean, that's that's not a very kind uh, comparison. Josh is not a... Uh, He's better than the Josh Windows Josh is not updater, a robot. Yeah. 
yeah, he is not a computer. He is a real human being with a very kind heart and uh, a very real brain with real emotions. But also, I, I get what you're saying, that it's something that you know needs to happen, but you're like, oh, sure, yeah, let's do that. Sure, yeah. And then, you know, ah, not right now, though. We'll do that later. And then it's, yeah. you, you, it later becomes later and later and later. and Yes. Josh and I are, are, are friends. We've known each other for a very long time. Um, we both used to live in, in Olympia uh, at the same time for many years. Um, I, I was I was more friends with his brothers, but I uh, but got to know Josh later. Um, uh and uh, uh, I, I've i I've never talked to him. He's also a parent, and I, I'm very curious about, given what I know about him and my relationship with him, and and you know my business dealings with him. Mm. Um, I'm so curious about his. I've seen him interact with his children, but I am curious about his like parenting style when it comes to things like that. You sure you don't want to clean up your room? You want to make sure you want to clean up your room? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about, last time we talked, we talked about cleaning up your room. And I wonder if maybe you want to clean up your room today. And if that works, like with his, I don't know. He's an incredibly patient man. He rules. And I, I thank him very much for, for making it happen. Because I'm really glad it did happen. Yeah, I, I can actually say that I had a brief, uh, wasn't playing, but just going through Missoula and like, hey man, you know, we haven't hung out in a while. Like, and he's like, oh, come, you know, come over for dinner. Just, you know, my, my kids are going to be around. I'm like, oh, okay. So I did, I got to see it. And it, it wasn't yeah. that far off from what you said. Yeah, it was very. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty close, I would say. Yeah. Close. So the, 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 record as it is is a collection of different recording sessions there's the the initial seven inch uh that you know the one from from way back uh mm-hmm. that you know if most people probably know it from the internet but it's you know a, a seven inch i think i gave you the master tapes for that back at some point because they ended up with me you uh, did yes thank you eventually <laughs> punk rock well, Express not is not quick yeah yeah uh but then there's also the ses- session you did, the other session that you did. There's some live stuff. It's sort of, it, it's meant to be a compendium for a band that didn't really get to do all the things that maybe everyone thought it was going to be able to do. And Correct. I felt like it was a very, as, as someone that has some degree of context for it, I felt like it was a very worthy and cool entry in, into the world that kind of does give you a window into where things were there but you know, there's a lot of memories that went with that as well and I, I don't necessarily want to dance around the issue but there's a pretty definitive reason as anyone who's ever seen the you know the carp documentary knows or knows anything about history that a huge part of that band a huge part of of your musical discography and world was scotty mm-hmm and when Scotty passed, it was abrupt. To say the least. To say the least. And disruptive in, in every possible way. Uh, and, yes. and, and I want to be sensitive about this because I think you, you've been, you know, you, just going through it is, is enough. But, I mean, this was something where you were picking back up with Scotty with the whip. Post-carp. Uh, I believe you, you've been doing type rows for a bit at that point, right? If I remember correctly, if I remember the timeline. Yeah, I think, yes. And you guys were just kind of spinning up. You were, you were you were just spinning up. You were you were you were playing some hell ass shows. They were awesome, and it it just was just such so devastating. Like ultimately, just like like 
it seems like the world was ending, like devastating at the time. And uh, I mean, that's a lot to go through. It is. Even if you're, even if the music and band pieces of it are like not part of it, it's a lot to go through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what did this bring up? I mean, obviously, lots of memories come through when you put together something like this. What kind of stuff went through your head when you were like listening to these old recordings? Like, did it, was it like time travel? Did it take you back in time that way, or was it uh, something where it just seemed like something that was happening to someone else? Or what's where was your process through kind of working through all this material and having it slowly compiled like this? Uh, well. Um one of the reasons it took so long for this to come out was because of that. Or, or just I wasn't I wasn't <clears throat> uh, super excited about writing lighter notes for this record. Yeah, but I wanted fucking I, heavy, dude. I mean, like honestly, like not not to interrupt, but I mean, it's I I, I don't blame you. It's fucking heavy. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I. Uh, uh, enough time has passed, I guess. And I, I was, um, able to do it through a perspective that I felt more comfortable writing it from or being in a, in a, a space that was, uh, more comfortable for me or easier to, to approach. Um, so yeah, it took a long time. And part of <clears throat> part of the reason I think Josh is, is because I, I think Josh is because of his uh, his gentle perseverance is that he was very you know um, he waited a really long time for me to <laughs> hand in uh, liner notes or just or even just kind of get it together you know I, I ultimately it wasn't that that big of a project. Um, Josh did, you know, a lot of the footwork and collecting, getting things together, and, and uh, but I had to, you know, I did have to dig through some stuff that I wasn't yeah. super excited to dig through, or, or just both, you know, tangible things and in, in my brain. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, and, and emotionally too, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it was, it was, you know, and because it was so long ago at this point, you know, I've moved, my life is totally different, things are in different pieces, you know, bits and pieces are in different boxes and different parts of the world. You know, it's, yeah. it's just a lot to kind of gather. And, but I also wanted to, 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 um, put something to your, make sure it was all there. I didn't, I didn't want to half-ass it. I didn't want it to be just like, just kind of farted out. Or I wanted to <clears throat> respect it and respect Scott's memory and respect the bands. Um, memory and what it was to <clears throat> excuse me to to scott and joe and myself to be in that band together and our friendship and all that so that took you know it took some time i guess or just to be in the right headspace to do that and then kind of once i started things really started rolling last year where things started getting you know okay we have all the music together okay we have the old artwork okay we have this we just need to kind of um Put it all into motion, and uh, both Joe and myself really dragged our feet. Um, but eventually, you know, once it got mastered, like once there was a sequence and a master to listen to, um, 
yeah, I mean, it was, it, it definitely brought up a lot of, a lot of memories. Um, most of them good though, because it was a really fun band to be in. Um, it was, you know, getting to play with Joe and, and Scott and just to hang out with those guys is, was a lot, you know, a lot of, a right. lot of fun. So. Yeah. Like, like I was a little bit, I was a little bit too late to the carp train. Like I just wasn't, you know, whatever. Didn't, didn't work at a record store early enough or <laughs> lived in a <laughs> shitty part of California. Like for whatever reason, by the time I got into carp, it was, you know, pretty much all, all over. Uh, did you even have a white belt, dude? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> the, and the, uh, but the thing that, uh, bowled me over with the whip shows of which I got I got to see plenty of it was just that it was a real like celebratory like lively experience like it was and that's you know whatever most bands should be that hopefully but there was something special about uh, you and Scotty playing together and Joe just slotted in with it so naturally and it was such a cool thing to see and I think when you hear things like that Queen cover that you guys did that, that is on the record, mm. like you get like a glimpse of what that was and why this was like, you know, why this was devastating on many different levels. Uh, of, of course, the human cost being the, the, the biggest thing of, of it. But like it was it gives you a, a small snippet of the band. And for me, it was sort of like it, it was a bit like time travel too. Of like, oh, man, I, yeah, I remember Christ. I remember them like playing this, you know, but. I think it's something that it's it's strong enough and has like the music has enough vitality that it, it gets across what that band was like very effectively and that's hard man that's a hard thing to to thread I, I'm not saying it's like you know yeah it would have been better if you guys could have you know buckled down and made a real record blah 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 etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> you know I'm not saying any of that it, it, it's just I think it's a, it's it's kind of an astounding thing because usually with this kind of stuff it's like okay cool yeah you'll, we'll see what you know see see what this is but you get like a kind of snapshot of like a lot of the stuff that you guys did and it gives you gives people a glimpse and it's it's man that's that doesn't happen that often especially well, for cool. bands it in this way so I appreciate that. I, I'm glad that I'm glad that all comes through. That's good to good to know. It felt that way when we were when we were a band. Uh, yeah. So the with the whip, then after that, I know you you kind of you didn't really play for a while. It was it was sort of something where you were you weren't playing. If, I mean, why? It, how could? Yeah, you? it was. <laughs> It wasn't that long on um, in retrospect. Um, it wasn't it was like less than a year before before Cody and I started playing. Well, hey man, it seems like it's been together. more than a year since this morning, so you know, time's relative. <laughs> it is relative. And actually I didn't realize that until I had until I was doing kind of digging in with the whip stuff and going through a timeline and trying to remember stuff where and yeah, and I realized there 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 hadn't been really that much time. Um, it had only been really, I don't know, it's like six months or something before. And then Cody asked me to call, you know, called me up and asked me if I wanted to to play to play some music. And I didn't have anything else going on, so I don't know. At the time, you know, I was much younger and. Uh, it probably seemed like a longer time 
yeah. amount of time at the time. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it was good to get back, get back on the horse. And would you, and we, uh, you, you might have told me this already. I can't remember, but did you originally envision it as a two piece the way you guys started or just kind of end up being that way? No, we, he, we just started playing together and we, you know, we, the first few practices we had, um, we came up, you know, with a couple, couple few songs or a couple few riffs anyway. And that was fun enough. Um, and we, we did intend to have a guitar player or somebody, you know, somebody else, a third person anyway. Um, and then we just kind of didn't really, we, we asked a couple people and then there was some, like a couple people from, excuse me, out of town and it just didn't work out like logistically. And it was just, we were too, you know, it was seemed to be working out fine as a two piece. Mm -hmm. And so we just stayed, we just like, well, fuck it. We'll just do that. If we want to get a guitar player later, we will. And we did. And then we decided not to have one anymore. And we don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, was, it didn't seem like it was, from the outside perspective, it was like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, oh okay, also cool. You know, it, 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 it worked. It all it all worked and didn't seem like the vision was uh, sacrificed or, or, or left wanting at any moment in time, which is oh. another rare feat because, you know, sometimes bands, the, the alchemy can be very delicate and you have to be careful. But with you guys, it seems to have... I mean, I honestly... You know, a lot of people will BS about this kind of stuff, but I think like when your last record is one of your best. It's fucking awesome, man. Wow, thanks. I agree. Yeah, well, you're supposed to. That's what everyone says, right? <laughs> well, as long as we're all saying what everybody's supposed to be saying, right, right. <laughs> no, but it's it's something where, and especially when you when you guys kind of came out of the. You know, bell bell rang. You kind of came out swinging, and it's kind of weird to think about how there was like a there was like two piece mania for a while, which was a very weird time yes. in music. Like, like it's sort of like trying to yes, explain that now, and people are like, "Wait, what? What do you mean?" It's like, no, there was just there was a lot of two piece bands. <laughs> well, there are a lot of celebrated two piece bands. Yeah, that's maybe the, the it, better it way was, to put it. Yeah, bigger bands. Yeah. I, I, you know, it was the White Stripes, it was Death from Above, Lightning Bolt, um, who else was, you know, or the, the blues, or the blues guys, uh, the, uh, Blues Brothers, no, I'm, shit, uh, the, the Black, Black Keys, the Black, Black Keys, <laughs> the Blues uh, Brothers, <laughs> professional radio uh, show, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, so yeah, there were a bunch of, you know, when, at the time, when that was happening, when we would go on tour, it would be, you know, for fans, of, like big business playing wherever for fans of the white stripes, you know, all, it was always just like, <laughs> these bands you have nothing why? How is sonically nothing, in common with at all. Nothing but, sonically yeah. in common. <laughs> and just, just so lazy or yeah. Or we'd be, you know, on a really good bill, you'd get compared to, you know, two, two piece bands. Then you knew, then you knew the person was really lazy. <laughs> Taking so, it to a new know. level. <laughs> What's, can I see a picture of him? Oh, it's two guys. Okay, so white stripes and death from above. Perfect. Great. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah. So there was, but it was it was not an unknown thing to have a two piece band. But the way that you guys did it, with the, I mean, honestly, with the exception of Godhead Silo, I can't think of of another band that 
really pulled off that kind of thing in the fact that unlike Lightning Bolt, who I, I love, like there's actual songs. And, uh, you know, again, not that Lightning Bolt doesn't have songs, but I mean, like, like song structure wise, like something that can be immediately familiar that if you were to close your eyes or maybe not be someone hung up on instrumentation when you see it live, it's a powerful presentation. But it sounds like a band. And part of that was how you metered the uh, the signal with the multiple amps and stuff like that at first. Like you had like I, I, you really kind of seemed like you like mad scientist your way into into making it work from the outside uh, was that difficult to or off? or compensating for my shortcomings <laughs> take your pick sure sure <laughs> um i well <clears throat> some of it came out of uh firstly i, <laughs> I want to make sure that i <laughs> that I, uh, i'm not shitting on uh, any of those bands either um, any other no, two piece they, band? They're fine. Um, it's just hard to it's hard to re- it's hard to reconcile for folks that weren't there how hyped up some of these bands were. Yeah, how yeah, it was yeah. Like sure, a, a quote sure. unquote next big thing, and, and right. that's what we're talking about. We're not. Right. I, I actually quite like a lot of those bands. It's not a big deal. Like we're not like talking trash. Let's let's be explicitly yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, well, and I, I just to touch on that really quickly <laughs> again. That's one of the funny thing is that when you when we would get compared to another two-piece band it was rarely lightning bolt who they are a, a different band than we are for sure but I, i'm a big fan but uh uh we would never get compared to them which seemed strange to me given that like just sonically we had the most in common with yeah. them than than most you know of the other two-piece bands that were big at the time I, I don't know, it's, it's bizarre, but I, uh, I will never understand uh, the minds of people who. <laughs> There's only one or two allowable. Promote music or review. I, I, it's really bizarre. It's yeah, really yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's sort of like a, sometimes it feels like there's like a, a magic eight ball that just has like musical comparisons, and you just oh yeah, yeah, shake yeah, it yeah up. sure, <laughs> sure, absolutely. <laughs> Um, sorry, I lost the topic. Uh, no, no. Okay, so we're talking about yeah, big business as a two piece. You you got together, like the girthy tone. That oh, you, right. That you um, brought in, uh, and the reasons why I was what I was, and the rationale behind for. it. Yes, right. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. Well, it, it kind of came from deciding that we were going to be a two piece. I mean, I was I was interested in having a lot of having a big loud sound. Uh, anyway, but if it was just going to be the two of us, it might as well be more stuff that's louder with different signals that I can try to, you know, put together, try to mix into a, a, a larger sound. Um, uh, and so that's what I did, you know, and I didn't, at the time, I didn't have a whole lot to work with or a lot of money to spend on stuff so it was a lot of stuff that i did have laying around in various states of disrepair that i had to you know try to right. make work and a lot of times it didn't work and it was a real pain in the ass for a lot of years like you know troubleshooting that kind of rat's nest of and in fairness i'm not the most organized person where that stuff is concerned um but yeah it was just you know it wasn't until many years into it that I kind of had the means to be able to kind of, you know, focus more on 
little more on quality than quantity that that I uh, I feel pretty happy with where I'm at now, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of different stuff, just kind of piecing stuff together and figuring out what worked and um, what sounded cool and what was just kind of too much. It sounded like garbage. And, um, and then kind of the last few years, we've been incorporating some different like, samples and looping and, and yeah lots stuff of stuff like that yeah, so yeah totally i've had to kind of figure some of that out too i've gotten a lot more pedal centric in the last few years where um like in the whip and stuff i did you know i think i just used boss super overdrive pedal and that was it and that's yeah. all i used for quite some time in big business in the beginning too just with more amps and then uh yeah i don't know just kind of started collecting stuff or wanting I wanted more and <laughs> trying to f- fulfill the the oral vision in my head you had gas um, buddy gear acquisition yeah. syndrome yeah oh, right. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is there a group is there a group I can I can check in with <laughs> it should be you got gas G is it called reverb.com yeah exactly it should be that's like that's like what that site is so Right, so so you you do this, it works. It's um, you know, obviously Cody Cody's a beast of a drummer, and indeed, you know, you you take on the road, you make you make that first record, and it you know it's, it's things were moving pretty quick. Like there wasn't much of a gap it seemed between the first record and the second record. And again, maybe that's my personal time dilation field. Um, it was. a Couple, couple years, years maybe something like one yeah it was, it was we moved to los angeles from seattle in in between those records right okay so and, and of course what we're talking about now uh is the gulf between the, the first and the, and the second record mm-hmm. and you relocated as a band we you relocated, relocated which is the fact that which is to say at the time it's you know the two dudes in the band relocated, but I mean, the band pulled up stakes and, and moved, moved South. So this is, it was a, what was a head for the shallow? It was like what? 2005. And here come the waterworks. Like 2007, like two years later, something along those lines. That seems about right. Uh, I think we, Oh yeah. 2000, something like that. Okay. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. So, you move down to Los Angeles. Here come the waterworks. Has uh, Hydrahead uh, does that one again, and you got Dave Scott Stone that does some yes. like, guitars, some uh, keyboard stuff along those lines. It's very, it's very tasteful. It's very, it's not like guitar <laughs> heavy or anything along those lines. Like it, it wasn't like a, it, it was, it was very still a bass dominant band, but. You start expanding the uh, the crayon box, right? Like you go from like a thirty two sure. color crayon box over to a sixty four color yeah. crayon box, uh, and then and then David Dave Scottson did some touring with you guys as well. I remember because well, I was there. He did, yes, there was just one. It was the, it was the trip that we made to record the record, and he played. I think it was on. Like, five shows or something because we just played like a and string two of them shows were in one in to, one day that was the san francisco oakland show but if, if i remember correctly is that right i don't yeah. remember that no we no played we, two shows in a day we uh yeah it was uh hemlock 
Yes. For a matinee. And then everyone pulled up stakes, including a couple people from the first show, and went to Oakland uh, to the Uptown. If I'm, I might be remembering that wrong, but that's, huh. that seems right. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I can't I don't remember. Well, I remember because it, um, it was a ballsy, audacious young man move, for sure. I was like, yeah, fuck it. We're going to do two shows. <laughs> like, why do yeah. that? Like, why would you do that? It's, it's silly. It's foolish at any age, really. <laughs> yeah, it's like two shows. Christ. Yeah. I can't even remember that it happened, so it's not even good for a story. So I, I just it's checked. Not, it's it not was, worth shit. It, it was Saturday, August 20th, and 2006. And it, it was indeed. It was a Hemlock and the Uptown. Okay. So there you go. All right. That's real time fact check, everybody. Kudos to us. <laughs> Kudos to doing weird shit because you want to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Dave. Dave does that that tour with you guys, and you record the record. Uh, walk me through. From there, obviously, some some other some other things are happening as well. Uh, at some point, you start to work with Toshi, mm-hmm. and. I'm trying to remember the timeline. Is that about when the Melvin stuff happened? No, we had moved down. We moved down to Los Angeles knowing that we were in the Melvins. It was earlier than that. Okay. Again, sorry. I'm sorry. My timeline's all screwed up. Um, I think it was like 2005. We um, head for the shop came out and then we, we had, I think we had already planned to move down to Los Angeles because there was a bar, the Cha Cha Lounge in Seattle was opening up a Cha Cha Lounge in Los Angeles, and a bunch of people we knew were moving down to LA to open the new bar and work at the new bar. And so we had we had jobs lined up when we came down, and we had uh, you know, um, and then the Melvins asked us if we would be interested in playing, and then we came down later that year in 2005 and uh, flew down to try it out, you know, practice with them and see if it was going to work and right. it was going to work. So then um, we moved down the pretty much the beginning of the year, 2006 and did a bunch of, I think we went on tour at time fire right away, like in February of that year for a, a pretty long time. And then we came back and started doing Melvin practicing with Melvin's and then recorded waterworks that summer summer of 2006 and then went on our first tour with melvin's right after we recorded that record for three months this insane tour we toured everywhere it was just the u.s for three three months it was i remember it was a really long tour and you were doing it was it was nuts it was a whole season <laughs> and it was and you were doing a big business set and a melvin set too if I remember we were right? yes we were doing two sets we were opening it as as big business and then for that tour it would just go right into the melvin set they would come out and play um uh another fourth of July is ruined or correct yeah, look at yeah. the memory on conan jeez <laughs> yeah so that they would come out and they would play that with us and that would be our last song and kind of the beginning of the melvin set and then so we would just keep playing so it was yeah i remember like a couple months into that tour i think cody and i were pretty burnt um and uh i don't know if we were grumbling about it or just like 
you know, showing signs of wear and tear. <laughs> right, right. And, and Buzz came in. He's like, I just want you to know I really appreciate you guys, and I hope you this isn't. Too. And we're like, no, it's cool, it's fine. It's just, you know, it's like, it's just a. Like, let's try not to let's try not to do this again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least for not for three months. You know, it was it was. A lot. Like, I mean, it was ambitious. Shorter runs, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and not not just for us either. You know, it was, it's just and that's an ambitious thing to do for any band playing one set. You know, it, it was it was a lot. It was it was a it was definitely a trial by fire. It was, it was pretty pretty intense, but it was good. It was it was a lot of fun. I mean, I wouldn't trade it. It was long enough though that like. Like our girlfriends came and visit us, visited right. us. <laughs> so they remember like, what you looked like. like. Yeah. M- no, no, no. Like multiple times, like oh, more than shit. once. Okay, gotcha. All right. I'm like, you know, and it, and it had been a long time since we. Had, it was just, it was pretty wild. Um. Anyway, yeah. So that, uh, so that's kind of how that that happened. And then after that, once we started touring with Melvins, um, and recording. I guess we were recording a record then too that year. That would have been yeah, that so would have we been a senile animal. Yeah, so we were, right? that's right. So we recorded senile animal like basically early in the summer, and then <clears throat> recorded our uh, waterworks later in the summer, and then did that three month tour. That was a really busy year. A busy year goddamn for us. year, we were, dude. That, that's a busy decade intense. for some bands. I mean, yeah, that's like a pretty busy year. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a lot of down. Like, yeah, we got back from the High on Fire tour. Immediately started practicing with those guys and you know making a record putting a record together and then recording it in short order yeah it was pretty intense i was i I learned a lot about getting a lot done in a short period of time that year for sure yeah and and that record which by the way that's actually one of my favorite melvin's records like that's like a thing for me like i I listen to that one all the time i talk about all the time uh yeah and and it's cool because it's it's not just different because you and Cody are on it, but like the there's, I mean, I think that's one of the first ones that have like harmonies, like strong harmonies too. Like, you know, there's that one song that's got hand claps and stuff, and I remember hearing, I'm like, oh fuck, this is awesome, like great, this is this is this is this is exactly what I hoped this would be. It was it was a uh, was really cool to see. Like, I was very proud of you guys. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was it was a, that was a really really fun record to make. Um, those guys really gave us um, a lot of free reign and a lot of freedom and encouraged us to spread our wings as it were you know like just to to try things you know to not be afraid to you know Buzz would often you know he'd like well how would you do it how would you finish this song or you know how would you what would you do here and he'd like sincerely you know Wanted to know. He'd wanted a- yeah, to he'd ask with sincerity because he, he believes in you know the collaboration of of everyone. And it, he believes in what people can bring to the table, you know. And uh, so, yeah, it was cool because it was we. I, uh, it, it was fun, you know. It was fun to be able to do stuff with um, people who knew what they were doing, and and and. Toshi recorded the record, and that was the, our first. It was your first of, time working yeah. with him, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, working with him, hanging out with Toshi, and um, yeah, it was it was it was a really. I have a lot of fond memories of recording that record and just you know trying some stuff and like we we get done with the song, like wow, we did we did a thing that was a pretty you know that's that's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like at what point did it did it did it. Did it 
Was there... How long did it take you to kind of get out of your head about it? Like, was it something where... Because I know that you were a fan before you you played. Like, did, mm-hmm. did it come pretty easily just to be like, all right, fuck it, we're doing this, cool. Or did it, like, take a second to be like, wow, what, what's going on right now? Um... You mean the whole the whole thing, like yeah, just, just like just be, being in the Melvins and be, stuff, being in just, the Melvins, it, you know, making the record, being on the three month tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was it was a lot of stuff, but um, it's a lot of change all at once and exciting. It was a lot of change. A lot of change. It was. It was a whole lot of change all at once. Um, moving into a new place and doing new stuff and basically having a new job you know new career like in this other band or whatever like i never you know up until then i'd never really been paid for <laughs> being a musician you not not in a real sense no you no know, no I, a, I know exactly what you mean it's just it's like, <clears throat> i haven't been paid so much as right. <laughs> i know exactly what you mean believe me um uh, i've been paid but i haven't been compensated Com- i yeah, guess exactly. you know i hadn't, hadn't, hadn't been compensated and so you know it was it was cool to like be, I mean, we were touring a lot, and we were certainly busy. We were, it was, it was, uh, and is a full time job. But, but, uh, um, yeah, it was just kind of like it was a lot of stuff. It, you know, obviously, like you said, I, I was a huge Melvin's fan. Uh, you know, they were kind of what they were my it band when I was a kid for sure. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of us. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and you know that was a it was totally a big deal to get a call from. Dale asking us that would so what would you cook Cody think about being in the Melvins? Like, oh, oh, well, I'll think about it, you know. <laughs> yeah, let me get back to you, yeah. <laughs> I'll call you back. Um I had known Dale previous, I you know, to to that. Um I had I, I, I was uh, his wife is is a very dear old friend and so I'd I had gotten to know Dale through her. Um and so it wasn't like a bunch of you know, some sort of, uh, we were cool about it. Yeah. There was some, <laughs> there was some familiarity. There was, there was yeah. Some yeah. It wasn't, yeah. It, it wasn't, it's not, to- it wasn't totally weird. Um, and from the get go, they, they always were very, uh, supportive of us, like both as big business and as new members of the Melvins, you know, to just, yeah, I think that's, a, a lot that's, a, like, that's an important thing to mention because they were very much wanting you to continue your band and continue doing your thing in addition to this. It wasn't like, oh, we're sublimating you to our will in any way, shape, or form. No. No, no, no. I, no, I mean... It was it a was, partnership, was, not necessarily a merger. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that's, I think that's accurate. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so that made it kind of... And maybe that's part of what made it uh, um, made it feel a little looser, or, or you felt like you had that freedom just because it wasn't like we still had big business, or I don't know. Um, you know, I learned a lot from those guys for sure, um, just about songwriting and just kind of like doing it. You know, not like spending a lot of time futzing around with, you know, just kind of like, don't bore us, get to the chorus style. You know, not not that's. But just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just not to be overthinking things. Just like, here's the song. Let's do it. Like, well, what if we do this? We'll try it. You know? And then you'd try it. And then you'd know if it worked or not. And, and then you just kind of move on. It was just, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of those things, especially with that first record, it was, you know, we we worked out, we practiced a lot, you know, before we went into the studio. And so all those, like, playing-wise, 
you know, musically, all those songs were pretty raw, very ready to go. Um, and then, like, lyrically and vocally, it was pretty loose. Like, the, I, you know, I don't buzz like myself, um, maybe more so, but I, I'm really bad at, I don't write lyrics in advance. I, I'm, you know, I start with music and lyrics come later. Um, and I think buzz is pretty much the same. Um, and so, you know, we had all this music and then we, we went to record and it was just kind of a lot of, some songs had some, you know, kind of vocal melodies, but we were writing a lot of the stuff like in the studio or, you know, in the days going into the studio. So a lot of like music, it was all kind of realizing then like a lot of the vocals and overdubs and, and stuff too, or, you know, all the little, the doodads, you know, um, kind of came alive in the studio. And that was kind of the really, the real fun part I thought was getting to kind of add everybody getting to add their, their bullshit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, totally. But the stuff that like makes it a record, like this. Yeah. That, yeah. And it was fun. You know, it was really fun to do it. Like the feeling was like when you do something, you try something like there was definitely a, like you felt like it was appreciated or that it was, um, that it was good. You know, there was the, the vibe was up, I guess. So certainly. We, I can't believe I've never asked this to either Toshi or Dale, but like when you guys were doing basics were like, how did you track the two drum sets? Um, they I mean, tracked them live, K-pop, I believe, but, you know, I mean, fuck it. <laughs> no, I mean, they, you mean like, did they play at the same time? Yeah. Like, or, is, or just, was it in the yeah. same room? Was it like all in the same Yes. Oh, okay. It was, it was, I, I'm, I'm, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, the drum sets were set up as they would, were at live shows. Oh. And I mean, a lot of that is I just don't think it would have been possible for them. Well, I mean, <laughs> right. it, it would have been really difficult for what, them to separately track the drums. It would have been, yeah. So we still had one drum set next sense. door and we put. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember there being, I mean, you'd have to ask those guys, but I, I, I do remember a lot of attention being paid to trying to make, to distinguish the drum sounds, you know, to be able to tell. You know, um, and I can't, I, have, I haven't listened to that record in a real long time. I'm not sure how it's panned or if it's panned with there, there is Dale on one side and Cody on the other. I can't really remember, but. It's funny. I've had both dudes on the show and I've talked to both of those dudes plenty of times. I never even once thought of asking any of this interesting stuff. So I was asking. Always you ask the, the bass player. <laughs> yeah, if you want the truth, ask the bass player. So the that that big long tour that you guys did with the with the too bad for anybody that wanted to take a piss break between bands uh, changeover between bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, you got Waterworks that comes out. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's people are digging what you're throwing down. I think that's about the time that you guys went on the tool tour, right? After that, it that was time? that was our it was our pretty much our record release tour yeah we had set up to we were it had just come out and we were we had left for a nationwide tour a five-week tour and i think we were still in california and we got a call from tools somebody from tool uh, asking if do you guys want to go on a 30 day 30 date tour in two weeks like (laughs) 
like we're on the like we're yeah we we have a tour book we're on tour <laughs> yeah we booked it in advance you know like yeah um and so we're like well what are we gonna do like what, i mean that's you don't say if someone asks if you're a god you say yes as well as I, I, ghostbusters it's a good yes <laughs> exactly but it was still you know we had but this you had dilemma to, of dates like, booked yeah exactly we you had, had dates booked book. so we were like yeah. Shh, like yeah and so we called our booker and he was like don't worry about it take we'll do you know take the tool tour and i'll i'll reroute the tour and to his credit, he did. Like, so what was supposed to be like, you know, a five week tour turned into a two month tour, um, where basically we toured out, started our tour and toured like with not much of a gap to like where the tool tour started, did that tour and then like hauled ass to like basically finish. We broke off our original tour um, and then kind of hooked back up with the rest of it. We ended up not really missing only a couple few dates, I think. We weren't able to to, to reschedule in that like same time frame. So, um, yeah, that was pretty wild, too. Also a busy year. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's nice that you're, you know, you're coming in hot, right? Like, you know, you're, you're already playing shows, like you're kind of in, into the groove of it, and then, but then you're playing these shows that are I guess we'll go ahead and say that it's a slightly different level, maybe. Arena rock is what it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. We were playing in arenas. Yes. And that was our first, uh, I think that was our first tour with Toshi as well. Right. And so Toshi joined on yes. guitar. And was playing, playing with you guys. Yeah. So talk to me about, like, Tool, of course, you know, are, are legendary for bringing along bands that they like and that they want their audience to see and are, you know, they're cool yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is very different than shows that you, you were playing before. Like it's like you're, you're not playing in a major city. You're playing in, you know, the, <laughs> the, the hockey arena that's, you know, two miles out of town or whatever along those lines. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, and it was, it was kind of a, it was a, um, what they call a B market tour. You know, it was, it was, it was not the big cities. It was, you know, an hour outside Chicago or it was like, like, you know, suburb cities, you know, or just like Green Bay or, or, yeah. <laughs> um, right. you know, places just that maybe aren't the first stop on a, you know, big arena rock tour or whatever. Um, there was still an arena full of people. It didn't matter. It wasn't, you know, a big C, but it just kind of made it a little more surreal all, all together was that we're playing in, you know, some small town in Virginia and like, we wouldn't be able to play here anyway, but we're, because, you know, we don't have any draw and, but we're playing in front of 7,500 people, you know, it was, it was weird. It's very strange, but I highly recommend going on tool. Uh, on tour with Tool, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you get the five stars, <laughs> five stars, they treat you right. Uh, no I mean, complaints. And, and did you feel that like it went over with folks, like when you were doing what you were doing? It went over okay. Like we we weren't explicitly booed, or you know, like every once in a while, as you're coming on stage, like a couple ding dongs in the front would be like, "We're here for Tool," or whatever. I was like, "All right, that's fine." Like. 
we get paid either way. It's not. We just got. We got like thirty minutes. You can go get a hot dog or whatever. Close your eyes um, and think of England. Whatever you know. Yeah, but it was fine. It was like you know, people seem to appreciate. It. We didn't sell like you know gangbusters in merch or anything, but we didn't have to sell our merch anyway. We didn't have to carry our gear. We drove around in an empty van for a month because they insisted <laughs> on carrying our gear. For real, they a couple shows in they. The, the, the tour manager or the stage manager he said what are you guys what are you guys driving in he's like oh we got this van he's like you carry your gear in there I'm like yeah we're gonna carry it from now on we've had too many vans like have their stuff stolen <laughs> like, wow like so wait so you we'll just show up and our gear will be here like yeah just and so then we we just pull in like we would literally drive our van into the arena, the you know garage door. Like, where should we park? It's like, right here. We like, the van. Our van would be parked right behind the stage, <laughs> and we'd get out, and our gear would just be in a pile, you know, on the side of the stage. Yeah. And then a bunch of you know union guys from wherever you're playing, or they lump all your stuff on the stage. You have to touch your gear. There's catering, to, like all day long but it was two different there would be a lunch catering and a dinner catering Whoa. totally separate <laughs> totally separate menus um, dude <laughs> like everything like everything on your writer you know like you, you know you write a writer with hopes that a quarter of the things might be on there then maybe somebody every, might read it and you might get a couple of things yeah, yeah. no like every every single thing you know a, a bottle of booze for everyone in the band every night just like ridiculous um and we got paid well we didn't sell a lot of merch but we didn't have to sell it and we'd have to match their prices so even if you sold just like four shirts it was still like you know 200 bucks or yeah, something yeah. like Big, that you know pretty, pretty good money yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was a uh, yeah it was fine highly recommend it <laughs> <laughs> okay so so after that finishes then then what you that's that's about when you guys started doing uh, nude with boots with melvin's right is that is that same right? uh, yeah i guess so yeah it was yeah we pretty much got right back into it uh yeah making another record with those guys and then um and it wasn't that much further on that you did the first record with toshi that was the uh uh mind the drift right correct it kind of around that same time period so yeah, I mean, are you writing these songs on the road, or is it just sort of like you know you get home and then like you immediately start writing, or like what's? Yeah, we have to. I, I've never been good at writing on the road. I always, I you know, I don't know how you are, but I many times impossible over the me, years. Probably. I've yeah, I've, I've tried. <laughs> you know, I brought my recording stuff, or you know, brought a uh, just had intentions of doing more. I guess like whoa, once we get back to where we're staying for. You know, it was like yeah. in, in Melvin's too, you know, we were staying in, um, you know, in motels or hotels every night. It was, that was, that was also kind of new for us too, like to be doing that. Yeah. Routinely. Not like crashing on people's floors and not uh, crashing yeah. on hardware floors or whatever. And so, um, you know, so I thought I had this grand idea, you know, like, yes, we'd fall, oh, I'd get back to the hotel and I'd write songs. But I was like, too fucking tired. Like who wants to, I'm not going to do that. I know that there's bands and people who do that and I, I have, I don't know how they do it. I'm, in awe but no we just get home and have to you know write songs then but well and the worst was that you would try it and then like you know it just wouldn't work you'd be like that's terrible why, <laughs> why did I, what did i do that yeah so, i don't know the best I mean, the so best i've come up with 
yeah, I, I, you know, I will, I will hum a little something into my voice memos. Yeah. You know, if I have a little something in my head, but that's, that's about the extent of it. I might come up with some like rudimentary drum beat I kind of hum along to, but you know, on some app. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't have. I don't have the mental space at the end of the day for, for that on tour. Well, you're a good company. I mean, it seems like that's kind of a, a thing that's very difficult for almost any band at any level. Like, it's very, very rare to find someone to be able to do anything rather than do something worthwhile that comes out on the road. Unless it's like turn the page or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe. <Yeah. laughs> well, I mean, I, I suppose under the right circumstances with the right drugs or something, you could get some stuff done. But, I, you know, that's yeah. not... I. I don't have the circumstances or the drugs, so <laughs> I so I, and I don't really care to. So, you know, it's not. I'm fine with just touring is is a job enough, right? So so nude with boots. Uh, what was different with that one compared to doing senile animal with those guys? Well, we all had our Porsches by then, and our <laughs> all resplendent in leather and studs. You usually and drove with the top down. Like ten thousand dollar ostrich feather boa. Um, <clears throat> um, what was different? I don't. Um, I don't know. It was. It was. Uh, we recorded it at a different place than the first record. Or no, maybe it was the same place because it was the same studio. Um, that was. I don't know. I felt like. I guess. I can't remember a lot. I, I remember that one less, I guess. Hmm. I remember specifics of it less. Um, because that time was really, it just got really busy. I mean, you know, yeah. It's just, like when you think about what you, what was crammed into like basically like a two year period, it's, it's kind of insane, man. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a lot of stuff. Definitely a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, I can't really. Uh, I mean, I, I remember feeling kind of more, I guess, more confident or more um, easier with with the harmonies and easier with the doodads and whatever, you know. That's the one that had the uh, theme song from um, was like The Shining, right? It's on there. Yeah, like it's a right. Kind of reworking yes, of right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one was a lot, um, a bit weirder. Mm-hmm. It felt like, like, um, I think Buzz kind of, a lot of the songs he had were specifically, that song in particular, he was, that was like, I think he wanted to set a tone with, uh, with that one. Um, and yeah, that record has a lot of, I, I I remember doing a lot of stuff. There were things like go in and just, you know, make bass noise for like three minutes. Just make the weirdest noises you can for three minutes with your pedals or whatever the fuck, you know, and just doing things like that. And a lot, there was a lot of experimentation on that one. A lot of, a lot of kind of real weird goofing around. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but it, it's it's you know it's a solid record still, and there's also I mean like Suicide in Progress is a pretty killer song. Like there, there's a bunch of like it's kind of a sleeper I feel like in the in the pantheon. Like and it also it comes out kicking, but it's I mean literally I think the first song is called the Kicking Machine, right? But it's it's right. 
there's yeah there's some weird moody stuff that happens in there it's a it's an interesting record yeah i, I haven't listened to that one in a long time either um but yeah it was definitely moodier is a good good descriptor of that of that record i think so talk to me then about uh you got toshi like in the band at that point you you make the the mind the drift record what were you what were you doing with that one because i feel like the feel on that one's like very different uh, it is first two records i think we were trying to there's (laughs) there's a really good review that somebody sent me of that record um the reviewer described it as it's like the beach boys trying to like play queen songs and like if the the beach boys were doing some like weird, like metal rock opera or something, (laughs) but they, but they, but they didn't quite nail it. And 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 I, and I, and I, (laughs) that's funny though. And I read it in the first part of it. I was like, that is what we were trying to do. And then the second part of it, I was like, I disagree, ma'am. But, um, but in hindsight, I, I, I agree with her more on the second part of her sense of it, that it was, we were trying to do some stuff on that record for sure. And I think that some of it was both from a personal standpoint, I wasn't in the best spot. I was, um, uh, there were some things in my personal life that I wasn't super happy about. Um, and just kind of, um, the studio we were, we were recording that record in too, it was in, uh, Burbank and it was, uh, who owned it? It's like, it was like Dwight Yoakam's, not Dwight Yoakam, who was it? I can't remember who, it was somebody's studio and this guy ran the, ran the studio, but it was just, it was more of a warehouse that they had professional gear that was in various states of disrepair. And there was just a lot of technical difficulties when making that record. Like a lot of stops and starts like, Oh, this channel doesn't work. Now we have to wait for this to get fixed. Or like, it was a lot of shit like that where, um, there's, there's a ghost hum for some reason and I can't get rid of it. So we'd have to spend like two hours figuring out what was making your ground hum for, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just stuff like that. That I, I guess I would say that the vibe was not as up in as it was not as party as, as it was not as party as, as some of the records that I, that we've made for sure. Um, and, um, I don't think it's a bad record at all. I really like that record. Um, I, I really like the songs and I, I think that, um, I think we were not able to fully realize it sonically. Um, and then there were some, some parts that just, we just couldn't realize them for whatever, like some, mm-hmm. some concepts that we wanted to realize that didn't for whatever reason, quite get to where we wanted it to be. So in the end, I kind of agree with the ladies assessment that it was like, the Beach Boys trying to make a rock opera record that didn't didn't quite make it. <laughs> Ultimately, perhaps slightly prescient, but uh, still hurt, maybe yes. slightly hurtful at the time. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, okay, and then after that record, uh, y- y- you guys do some stuff, and I is it? it it's like a couple. It's like a couple years later, or like like a year and a half later, that you uh, you have Scott playing with you. 
after there was a days. he was he was he got in the band there was a brief period of time where we had two guitar players where Toshi and Scott were both in the band at the same time that was the EP with uh, guns quad right the quadruple single yeah um yes that was yes that was that record um and that uh, the timeline that I, I don't know that it gets really hard for me to remember all the stuff that's happening in that time time frame but um I feel like Scott was in the band shortly after mind the drift not that long after mind the drift came out um and then but then we were really busy with Melbourne stuff there was a whole year yeah. I think it was like 2009 or 2010 where we didn't I don't think we did a big business tour like we just didn't like we were doing Melvin stuff constantly um, and we just couldn't fit it in. So there was like, Scott was in the band for kind of a while, like before we, um, the quadruple single came out, I think. No, I guess it wouldn't have been that long because Toshi was still in the band. So we recorded that and that's that the quadruple single is all four of us. And that was a lot of fun. We recorded that ourselves. Toshi recorded it in our practice space. Um, but at the time, there was uh, Toshi was having difficulties with travel, and there was it, logistically it just became a little harder for Toshi to be in the band. Um, and so then we were just the three of us. It was this, we parted ways with Toshi uh, amicably, and everything was fine. Um, uh, he wanted to, I think, concentrate more on being a. a producer and making records. Yeah, producer yeah. and recording and stuff. He wasn't, he, I don't think he was super fond of touring. Um, not at <laughs> like, not in the way that we were, you know, the amount that we wanted to be doing it and the, you know, how we were doing it and stuff. So, um, yeah. And then, so then it was, then, then, yeah, it was, a, we recorded the quadruple single and then we just, we weren't able to really tour as big business for a while. Um, and then it, yeah. So it was a couple years before, uh, battlefields came out with Scott um, because we've been so busy with Melbourne stuff for a while. Yeah. Cause I mean, at that point there's the <clears throat> Brad screen murder record. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a touring that happened before and after that too. Like it, it was, it was definitely a big, <laughs> another big activity time. Like if I remember right, is that third tour EP around that time, or, or am I off base with that? The the for big business I'm talking about for uh, the vantage ones. Uh, one has B stiff on it, I think, or I might be. Oh, that's much earlier. That was like we were like, like still in one? Seattle. Okay. Yeah, there's there's a shocking blue cover on the third one. That's with Toshi. The shocking blue one. That's what it was. Yeah, I remember it was a would... cover that I liked that I play for people. Like, oh well, what's this? Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, that would have been, I thought that was before Scott was in the band. So that was like post mind the drift pre quadruple single. Yeah. How do you feel about the song guns? Like now in hindsight, you mean? Correct. Or just yeah, like with, with uh, modern context compared with to modern context. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I admit I have mixed feelings about it. Um, well, I don't know. I, I I feel like it's not it's not the context of the song at the time we wrote it 
it, it's supposed to be pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's like um, pretty clear. It's a it's, it's like farcical. Uh, like it's a big yes. Um, yeah. It came from from a night where Cody and Scott and I were hanging out at Cody's house, drinking and shooting cans with a pellet gun. You know, like uh, off of Cody's uh, you know porch. Um, and we were, you know, guns are better than, you know, we were yeah. <laughs> drunk and being, guns, 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 guns are better than everything else, you know. Right. It was really, and then we just kind of, we made the song and stuff. And I, you know, I would say, like, in the context of today, it feels more uncomfortable, but there were still school shootings then and gun violence at the time when we wrote it. So, um, and maybe we were just in a more irreverent headspace or, or, um, maybe I have kids now and it, it's different or, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do have mixed feelings. I, it was not something where I would like try to make it disappear or try to deny that we wrote it, or, you know, try to, <laughs> it, um, but nor would I, you know, allow the U S government to use it for a promotion, <laughs> right. video, you know, like I, 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 right. it's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really have a strong stance. I, I mean, I have my own personal, views on guns but i it's not they are not reflected in that song one way or another you know it's it's not it's it's supposed to be a pretty explicit and dumb song i guess it kind of reminded me of like the the same feel was like zardos or something you know where where it's just sort of like no this is a thing that's that's in culture and like this is like a big like you know catchy nursery rhyme style song that uh you know i mean it's a yeah. ripper song like it's, it's a great tune but i could totally see where you'd be like mm, let's maybe not play that right now yeah i mean i don't even, i don't remember if, I, I think we did play it live like just because you know oh, yeah, i saw you played it played a few times actually okay. yeah 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 but I, I i don't think i'd probably play it again but uh play it live just not for lots of different reasons but one of the reasons being that I just don't feel like dealing with any backlash where that's yeah. concerned. Well, you're, yeah, you're going to get people that, that buy in one way or the other and either way it's going to be. Well, and, and if, if you're coming into it, not knowing anything about us or anything, if you just heard that song and you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah, I, is this I get it. Propaganda? Like, what is what's I, going no, on here? I, sure. That's fine. So <laughs> I'm totally okay with people being upset about it. People are welcome to be as upset about it as they want. Um, but yeah, whatever. So I don't, I don't lose a lot of sleep over it. Yeah, no, no. And I only want to bring it up because I realized we never talked about it. Like, sure. Period. And I was kind of curious because I'm honestly, I'm surprised we haven't heard more i don't i can't recall anyone ever calling us out or like dissing us in public because of it i don't right the, that i know of you know so i i, I don't you haven't been people, canceled because of it yet no we've not been canceled but <laughs> too worried about it so uh quadruple single that takes us into the uh what, what was it uh well, up into Battlefields, like before, Correct. it was like the single that came before that, but like uh, Battlefields Forever, which is 2013. So uh, at this yeah. point, like, where are you at with, with Battlefields Forever? So you did that, what, like, uh, it was uh, Entourage, right? Something, if I remember right, with uh, Dave? The Yeah, that's correct. We did, with Mr. Dave Curran. 
Awesome Dave. Awesome Dave. Awesome Dave Curran. Um, <laughs> yeah, he had been our. He had been a uh, uh, Dave had been doing live sound for Melvin's um, for some time, and then we had hired him. I guess he had. We hired him to do the record. I think because I think he had been doing live live sound for us as for big business as well. Um, anyway, we we're good pals, and, and and so we thought he would do a good job, and um, I think he did. Um, yeah, that was another kind of hard record to make with same sort of like studio uh, technical difficulties um, at that studio. <laughs> it, was, it was it got it got weird, but. Um, but it was fine. Uh, I think with that record, we were trying really hard to, because it had been so long since we had put out a record and we had Scott and he had been playing with us for some time without like putting Actually, out a full length record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we wanted to like, you know, really try to try to, uh, you know, we hadn't been touring in a while. We, we, we had to put our best foot forward, I guess. Right. Felt like we needed to, do a very good job with that record and uh yeah and i think we did well for sure and it definitely seemed like you know at the time i was like oh finally like this <laughs> finally they put it yeah they well put that's, that's how we felt too <laughs> yeah, <it's> gonna... <laughs> i mean yeah not to put too fine a point on it but it definitely was a uh it was something that it seemed like it took a while uh for sure to to do and so you got battlefields, and then it kind of it gets a like little little hazy for me between battlefields and Commander Weather. Uh, you certainly had a lot going on still, though. Uh, what's can you talk to me about the timeline between there? I guess it would be like twenty thirteen to twenty sixteen. Is that? Is that uh, I can pretend. I can talk to you about it. I don't know if it'll be accurate, but I can. Um, <laughs> It's all Rashomon effect, man. It's cool. Yeah, we were still doing a, we were still doing a lot of Melvin stuff at the time. There was some different Melvin's projects. Um, there was a month where Melvin's, like, we rented out. Oh, a, a, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, where we rented out a, a separate rehearsal space, and Toshi made a makeshift studio out of it. And we just spent a month just like recording stuff or like buzz would like have us come in and do like, we'd record like bass and vocals on whatever. And just a bunch of guest people. And it was the, um, what the hell was that? Uh, bass is um, loaded. Well, it was basses. That was later. It was, um, uh, everybody loves oh, sausages. Everybody loves, yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn it. I would have lost the and trivia was, contest. Sorry. Yeah. And that was, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like for that was made in like a month, basically with a bunch of people that has, you know, a shit ton of guest people on it, you know, um, of note. And, uh, and then uh, during that time we were also, we, we did some tours where we did, um, uh, like all of Houdini and all of, um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Where you did, and then, yeah. And that was like the tour where you like played like even songs that maybe weren't ever meant to be played live. <laughs> you like, did them all like as like a full set yes and tour. yeah 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 yes uh we did that there was a lot of like kind of projects like that it was it was it was still a busy time for melvin stuff but it was kind of more scattered and we were trying to do more big business stuff at the time 
as well. Um, and we had a year where I guess we recorded Battlefields that came out. We did a lot of touring. We toured with Red Fang and Helms Ali had a big tour. And actually, the the, sword. Uh, the, that, the tour with Red Fang is when I met my old co-host Brenna Betts was uh, ah. at that show. Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't meet her. That's when I asked her to be on the show. That, I take that back. So, sorry. Take sorry to make back. it about me for a minute, but it was good. that was a good tour. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a good tour. Uh, uh, and then it's, it's Scott had a back injury. Um, like, it was pretty serious. Uh, he was laid up all summer, and we didn't know what was wrong with him, and he didn't know what was wrong with him. Um, and it took a very really long time to get it sorted out. It was a real drag because he was in a lot of pain for a really long time. Um, and we got offered this tour to go on tour with Macedon, and uh, in the in the in the winter, and we had agreed. And then when it got to the time to do the tour, <clears throat> Scott still wasn't like physically wasn't up like, to it. Well, he had just had his surgery, like, just weeks before, and it was just, it was really a, a, a bummer, just because he really wanted to go, and it was just clear that he could, like, physically was not really going to be able to do it. Um, anyway, that was a really hard time, and he wasn't able to go on the tour, and we kind of weren't able to resolve the, the hurt feelings um, as a result of that, and um, he decided he didn't want to play with didn't want to play anymore, and um, which was, you know, fine. Understood. It was kind of not really a ideal situation. Um, so yeah. So then we were, we did a tour with Macedon as a two piece, but we didn't know that we were going to have to be a two piece. <laughs> it wasn't like kind of out, and it just happened no. Way, yeah. And so it was kind of like we had kind of in short order. We realized like, oh, I don't think. I think we're gonna if we're going to do this, we have to do it as a two piece, you know? And, and, and so we started recording or rehearsing as a two piece and did this tour as a two piece. And it was, it was good in that we realized like, Oh, that's right. Like we, this is how we started doing this and we can, we can do this. Like this is still a thing. Um, and while it was an awkward change back into a two-piece, it, I think ultimately it was for the best and kind of reset our own brains as to what we wanted to be doing and how, you know, and what we could do, I guess. Um, and so it was kind of like a weird blessing that we were able to get back to being a two-piece and kind of get leaner and meaner. Um, and then it kind of went from there. Well, totally. And that's that's something that's borne out by the fact that, you know, you guys have continued to, you know, have an audience and have, have a run of records that people are, are, are engaging with and, and paying attention to and, you know, and finding something in. And that's, uh, you know, not that that wasn't happening with, uh, with Scott and then that wasn't happening with Toshi, but I feel like when I, when I saw the first two piece big business, shows again which i don't even remember when it was but i was i just remember being like blown away i'm like oh yeah oh yeah fuck yeah this works <laughs> you know just like in a in a real primal level of, of just being like almost like seeing you guys for the first time of like wait wait it's just the two of them huh all right hmm. 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 all right and then being blown away and it was uh sort of the same thing but 
you know, maybe with more the songwriting having a little more nuance yeah, or, or whatnot, but it, it, it's, it works, man. It works really well. Well, thanks. We're doing our best. So, uh, Commander Weather, talk to me about that record real quick. Um, that was our first record back as a two piece. Um, we recorded that again with Dave Curran. <clears throat> and we recorded it out uh, in Yucca Valley near Joshua Tree um, at a friend's studio. And that was, uh, um, we'd never done something like that before, like recording out in the desert. And he, he lives on this, friend Dan lives on this great piece of property. Um, you know, it was, we, we stayed at some Airbnb, like out in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah, it was cool. We recorded all the basic tracks out there, out in the desert, and then came back to LA to record. We did all the overdubs at another small studio, also a friend's studio. Um, and yeah, that was a fun record to make just because we were, you know, back as a two piece, so we were trying to ourselves we were trying to be I think what we were trying to be was like the Beach Boys making a like a metal rock opera but there's just two of them and they totally nail it that's what we were going for on, on that one it's good it's good ethos yeah it's very very, uh, very um, literary well that record we tried to I don't know we, uh, we tried to I had uh, it was the first record I, I we made since I had become a father, so that was kind of a, a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were definitely some some lyrical content in that in that uh, record that that pertains to that situation or just situations you become aware of once you become a parent. Um, stuff changes, yeah. Stuff changes. Life happens, man. <laughs> um, yeah, stuff changes. Oh wow, that's, that's yeah. quite the epiphany. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I guess it was also the first record, like after it came out, that we were no longer in, we weren't playing with the Melvins anymore. So it was both kind of like back to our back to a two piece, and then also once it came out, it was like we were, we were back on our own. Um, and so we really had to kind of work a little harder to make up some ground just because we hadn't been touring as much as big business, you know, it was right. Right. Despite the fact that we've been a band for a really long time, there was, you know, several years in there where we weren't doing a lot of touring or, you know, or at least as big business, um, or one as active. So yeah, we, then we kind of became a full time, uh, that became our, our full time gig and is, is to this day. So, I mean, was that more of a fiscal concern as far as, you know, just by you you guys doing uh, it most, on your own, you get to... You yes, know, it was most definitely a... Yeah, for sure. And it wasn't... We weren't sure that it was possible. We've been really fortunate in that we have had some really great bands ask us to go on tour um, over our career span um, that has made it uh, things easier for us 
where that's concerned. Or we've had some great opportunities that have been offered to us. Um, we're really fortunate in that way, and so we've been able to keep busy playing in front of a lot of people. And while it is still a hustle all the time, um, I do feel like we're we're doing okay, or at least we were doing okay until you know well, a couple months ago. <laughs> until everybody was doing terrible, yeah. <laughs> until no, until nothing's okay. Yeah. I mean. It, it definitely seems like that. I mean, again, last time I saw you guys was in Madison to sleep, and I thought that was that was a pretty good time. <laughs> you know, like I went with a went with a few people, and uh, one of them had never seen you guys play, and was very impressed. That is not someone that is easily impressed, and I thought that was pretty nice. That's what we're going for: trying to impress the turds. <laughs> Think you hate everything, huh? Well, check this out. <laughs> so, I mean, would you would you say that it's like a closed door for doing Melvin stuff anymore? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I don't. Uh, we're, I mean, at this moment in this reality, I, who knows? Maybe a closed door for anybody who's well, playing I mean, live music. Yeah. Ever so. Yeah, thanks for the it's, pin it's, for my balloon, buddy. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying it's a weird. It's a weird. It is a. Um, there is a, a bit of a cognitive disconnect where we're trying to discuss the future, um, yeah, which nobody knows. You know, the future in the midst of yeah, what's next week look like? Who the fuck knows? Right. I get it. Yeah. I don't know. I think. Yeah. I think it's going to be. Um, you know, Cody and I are talking about what, how to, how. How to proceed? What do you What do you do? Um, I don't imagine that people, you know, people are going to have their fill of virtual concerts and you know that kind of stuff pretty quick. I would think, you know, I mean, it's, I, I, had my, I had my fill of it before it even started happening. So, yeah. well, exactly. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> but that's me. I'm a dick. <laughs> well, I'm a dick too, and I, I think there's plenty of dicks, and I, and even if you're not a dick, it's just there's only just so much non-normal you can kind of pretend is normal you know and and yeah. uh you know we've had people asking us like oh you want to reschedule those festivals for next spring in europe i'm like well i mean are there even going to be any venues that are still open in a year yeah. are, are there going to be even are there going to be brick and mortar rock clubs that exist yeah um I don't know harsh realities, but I, I, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what a record store is gonna? How is a record store? I guess I don't understand. I, I have my hard time wrapping my head around how people are, um, or why you would take out a huge loan to pay rent on a place that you're not going to be able to occupy for a year. You know. Like, I don't know yeah. if you saw the tr- the troubadour here the in troubadour, LA. Is, is, I did, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I can't think of a more iconic mid sized rock club in the United States, but if they can't. Yeah, if they can't do it. Jesus if they Christ. can't do it, like, who's going to be able to. How are you going to keep. I, I mean, I couldn't. I can't afford to pay rent on my house for a year without with zero coming in. So I, I don't know. I'm, I, I just. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around what it things could possibly look like in a year or I don't know. I don't well, mean sure. to okay, so a downer. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I get bummer, it. Believe but... me. And like, I've been doing this show almost daily uh, and it's largely been 
as much for me as anyone else, but it's something that is a common concern and a series of common, yeah, you know, worries about the future, maybe. But in that, I mean, let's say that there is some, you know, new normal that is not doing this for forever. You know, like if, if Dale gives you a call and says like, hey, you know, we're going to make a record like do you want to do you want in you're, so we went all the way into the apocalypse and you're pulling it back, pulling it back. Dale giving me a call about doing well, some melvin's jams next month I'm, I'm, uh, you know me i'm nothing if not tenacious you know this. fair enough fair enough um i you know I, I never say never that's that's where i'm at i think i think anybody anybody who with half a brain needs to be in a should be a never say never yeah headspace i don't know um even before all this you know i don't know what there's no like bad blood between us or anything like that um uh we've just been trying to really focus on big business and trying to do that and don't have uh, yeah you're making good work why wouldn't you like i said i think that last record is one of your best and i'm you know i'm a guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) thank you um yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I, we, who, who knows? Who knows what will happen? And, you know, balancing that and, like, being a good father and, you know, all, all the other things, like, it's tough, of course. But, I mean, it's also, you know, I was pretty stoked that the Uncle Grandpa song was uh, the one that you that you sang on uh, <laughs> uh, the Bases Loaded record. And, you you know, there's a cartoon representation of you in a weird, yeah, bizarre-ass yeah. animation show. That's kind of neat. Yeah. It is neat. It's pretty cool. Surreal animation cartoon. Yeah. I guess they're called cartoons, huh? Okay. Well, yeah. That's what they are. <laughs> you can say cartoon. It's okay. It's not offensive. <laughs> uh, you know, I realize we've we we've not talked about the carp documentary at all, which is another kind of heavy thing, and I don't want to immediately give like you know time dilation whiplash or anything, but I do want to kind of get your thoughts on that just my overall thoughts on it yeah i mean i thought it was cool and i thought it it did a good job of telling the story that's of course bill badgley from fedex's uh kill all redneck pricks documentary but it's you know it was always a bummer because you know it's it's so awesome and and carp was so vital but it's kind of seems like every time something cool was about to happen just you know you know sad trumpet yeah well i mean that's just kind of how things work and in the context of a band sometimes it seems more dramatic or it seems more more of a thing you know that it's like oh this thing that happens in virtually every person's life happened and ah it was the end of the band and i mean not to say it wasn't a big deal but um yeah but you're i mean it's your kids you know like yeah (laughs) exactly you know and it's it's like (laughs) I don't know. I mean, that, that band fell apart for lots of reasons. Um, you know, drugs and being young and not thinking things through and whatever on everybody's part. You know, it wasn't like one person's fault necessarily. It was just, um, I think Bill did a really good job. I think the documentary turned out really great. He um, he was very careful and respectful and um and he's a friend, you know, prior 
to the movie. Um, yeah. So he's in a, used to play in a great band called FedEx that we used to play with a lot. And, yep. Um, Fucking love Federation X, man. Great band. Um, but he, uh, yeah, when he approached me about doing it, he said, well, this is a good idea. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good idea, but <laughs> you're free to do what you want. I'm not good. can't stop you. Um, if you think it's a, worth your time to, you know, and yeah. he spent a very long time on it. Um, uh, but no, I think he did a really good job and I think the finished product is, is a fair representation of, of some dudes, a bunch of dudes life in a certain time. Um, yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but in, in that documentary at the very end, there's some footage of the whip playing in Oakland and is there? There is, and it's oh. it's at 40th Street Warehouse, and I saw it yeah, at 1234 yeah. Go Records in Oakland, like, kind of, you know, Bill was touring it around, and your people were, like, sitting on the floor, like I was sitting on a cement floor, and 1234 Go Records is, uh, like, a block and a half from 40th Street Warehouse, but the entire neighborhood is, like, I mean, there's an artisanal mac and cheese restaurant there now, I mean, like, it's, like, it's very different <laughs> right. than it used to be, let's put it that way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't know. I was just like, oh, cool. I'm going to, you know, see this documentary right on. Like, it kind of took me by surprise to see that, like, there's that the whip footage in there. And to be like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Because it not only was time travel because of the show, which was was, was that show, uh, but I was in it. I was, like, in the background, you know, past Conan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a block and a half away <laughs> in a neighborhood that also looks completely different. And it was it was, right. it was it was it was crazy. It was like one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had. Like even in documentaries that I knew where I was going to be in, I've not had that experience of like almost like instantaneous time travel. It was really, yeah, really wild. Uh, but I think Bill did a great job with it. I mean, do you ever talk to do you ever talk to Chris at all? Does he, do you have any relationship? Uh, not too much. Um, we kind of, uh, you know, I don't know. We. I keep in contact with him. I have to, uh, you know, to, we have carp stuff. We're yeah, there's carp still stuff. trying to, yeah, there's carp stuff gonna... I'm, till, I'm trying to work on. Trying, yes, yes, yes. It'll come. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to be the guy to have to ask it. Loud. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm actually, I was, I was kind of with, with this time I've been trying to, um, get that stuff together. I've been actually kind of crunching some numbers and I was getting ready to, to, get that all that process moving um had a little capital i had built up in order to kind of get things moving and um now i'm just like one there's no you know nobody's pressing records at this moment and two i just not i'm a little apprehensive to like repress a bunch of records for people who don't have any money like or i don't know if you know (laughs) I, i i don't know that it's the best use of my money like just from you know uh, right now, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. You know, I, um, I don't know. I'm okay. Well, sure, sure. But well, yes, I mean, it will. It's gonna. It, it'll happen eventually. It might be a little longer now than I had hoped. You know, just yeah, because everything is gonna take longer than we had hoped. But um, I mean, I will say that there is an appetite for it. And I've told this. Sure, but I don't know if I'm just worried there's not going to be any money appetite yeah. for it. Well, okay, like, so I, I'm I'm hungry for lots of expensive shit, but I you know, but I can't <laughs> right, afford it. Right, exactly. So. You got to keep it sustainable. I, I so. will say this, and 
I've, I've told some version of the story on, on this show lots of times. Like, a lot of times when touring around, we're running into, like, younger bands. And a lot of them behave and act as if Carp was as big as, like, Smashing Pumpkins or something. Which I'm usually, like, I assure you that is not the case. Like, that is that was not how that was. But there is enough... Even in the, in the limited way that people can like kind of find stuff now, there's enough appetite for those records, and they have lived on in people's minds for so long that it's a fairly regular occurrence where that band has not left the consciousness of the underground, even though the people involved are the same age as the rest of us, is, you know, just grown older. Yeah. And I think it's at least, you know, it's, it's a thing where there would be an appetite for it, and I... Th- I think it would make money and i think it would make a lot of people really happy as well i'm gonna do it i mean i'm a, i was so that's I'm me up the so money uh, <laughs> i was just i i bring up the money aspect not because it's it just uh you know it's like making a big cake big fancy cake and then showing up and nobody's at the party or something you know what i mean i, I don't, I don't want to put a bunch it. of I work yeah, yeah i don't want it to be a big like put a bunch of work into it and then have it be real anticlimactic because nobody can afford it or nobody, whatever. I I don't even know what any of that's going to be. I have, you know, exactly. Especially now. I just don't know exactly. I was thinking about a box set, you know, some stuff and all the bells and whistles and a regular repress and I don't know. So that sounds great. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, I'm going to sit for a couple months and see, see where we're at. And then, uh, I don't know. Do like the multi-tier thing, like the the stuff that Numero did with Unwound was awesome. Like it was something where you don't have to, you know, you don't have to engage with this like high-tier thing. But if you're someone that sure has an adult job and you know, yeah, 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 isn't spending it all on beer every night, then you can have this like nice, lovely thing about this band that meant a lot. Yeah, if you're not some unemployed pandemic loser or something. Yeah, I mean, the pandemic does kind of screw everything, I guess. But I, I will say that it's it's been interesting seeing that you know people are still buying art i know and honestly I'm, I'm i mean it's cool i'm, sh- I'm shocked by that as well i, I really am i i know of course like, i was i was surprised by you know I, I was amazed at how many people bought stuff on that you know that band camp yeah. day the, the um i was because and i know this i know that like music people who care about music are aware that we are that bands are fucked or that bands don't make as much money as a lot of other people think we make anyway, or that people, people want to support music. They, they want to support art. They want art and music to still be there when all this is over. Um, and that makes me happy. You know, I, I, that's, it's good to know that like whatever happens at the end of this, people definitely will still want music, you know, whether they're able to see it live with 200, 300, 400 other people, remains to be seen but like music can still be made music can still be you know heard so there's there's still stuff to do it's just kind of a matter of you know how many other delivery jobs you're gonna have to have during the day in order to make that happen now you know (laughs) yeah i mean i mean that's real i mean i've kind of I'm, i'm 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 coming to terms with with whatever you know probably delivery job that i'm going to have to have in the next you know sometime in in this year but the thing is you don't know that and none of us know that none of us know anything really no we don't we we can look at like the the most dark uh, you know obsidian black 
version of reality sure. for sure or even like the mundane gray version of it but yeah none of us know man like i don't know no do none of us know and I, I don't i mean it's not it's not the apocalypse it's not things will things will carry on and a lot of people will die and a lot of poor people will get fucked and a lot of people of color will get fucked um but these things happen every day and we're largely okay with it so um i don't know maybe things will change for the better maybe everybody will come out singing kumbaya i mean when you put it like that <laughs> Kumbaya in that voice or just in in general? Both, well, really. Well, but, Conan, I'm pretty sure everything's going to be just fine when all this is over. You'll see. I mean, it's going to be different, and and there's going to be those that suffer. No, nope, it's going to be exactly really the same. <laughs> it's going to be just fine. God damn it, Jared! <laughs> Don't worry. That's that's, uh, that's a that's a very deeply disconcerting voice that you're using on me right now. Just take this pill and drink this. Go to sleep. That's right. Well, I, I'm here. I'm here to say that all this stuff matters, and that it matters even more in in times of uh, trial and and duress. I agree. Like I'll go with that, man. I'm gonna ride the good vibes wave with you. Okay, good. And so, last thing, I'm, I'm just I'm just shooting low, so that way I can be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so you can surprised. be super stoked if things turn out yeah. remotely okay. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and and again, once again, this is where we started. I think the whip reissue is amazing. Uh, I'm super glad to have it see the light of day. I think that uh, Josh did an amazing job with it. I really loved the liner notes that he put on it. I'd forgotten that I contributed a few pictures to it, so that was kind of like, oh, yeah, Jesus. Ah. Um, yeah, again, that's just like a personal whiplash moment. But I think that that was – it's nice that you got it out there. And it's nice not just for the community, but it's nice for, you know, Scotty's memory and, uh, you know, just for everyone, just everyone to be able to hear it, to, to be able to experience it. I think that's that's a lovely thing in a, in a life right now that seems very bereft of lovely things. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I really do. I've gotten some some really nice feedback uh, on the whip record, and during this time, it is especially nice to know that it's making people feel good, or you know, bringing bringing some small joy to to this situation. I guess. So I, I want to thank you for spending so much time with me. I know we talked about it for like what six years, something along those lines. Like it's been. <laughs> It's been a while. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate it. It's really, I'm really glad that you decided to do it and that you made the time to do it. Last thing I, I just couldn't I, find the couldn't find the time before. Yeah, exactly. Now <laughs> it took a global pandemic to do it, but here we are. Tell you what. Tell you what. Uh, the last thing I ask folks is the only canned question I ever ask is, uh, why do you do what you do? Well, the court order says I have to do. It was either 25 years musical community service or jail. And I'd heard terrible things about jail. So I have, well, I guess I'm done with the community service now. So I guess I just don't know know any other life now, I guess. It's like I've gotten out of prison and I just, you know, I kind of want to go back because I just can't hack it on the, in the outside world. Oh, man. That's heavy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty heavy stuff, Conan. <laughs> Jared Warren. So I guess, yeah. 
Thank you so much, my guy. Huh? What? Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> uh, have a have a safe quarantine, and um, oh, you you bet, Conan. I'm gonna you, you stay safe and stay kind. Everything's gonna be oh okay. All right, brother. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Ciao. There he goes. Mr. Jared Warren. And that's our show. Is this thing on? Been wanting that to happen for quite some time, so I'm glad we, uh, glad we got to do it. I'm gonna throw the uh, the whip record uh, link in the chat box, and I'll, I'll link to it for the podcast and all that. Are we going? You've been listening to Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal. Thank you for it. Tonight's guest was Jared Warren. show airs on Radio Nope, RadioNope.com. Say yes to Nope. As we come to the close of our broadcast day. Live listeners, PRF Radio Hours coming up next. RadioNeutron.com for the archives. Patreon.com slash Protonic Reversal. Get the episode sooner. One dollar a month will get you there. Signing off. Mr. and Mrs. America, all ships at sea. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. Anyone within the sound of my voice. Thanks, everyone, sharing the episodes around. I've got... Appreciate you. 50,000 watts of power. Appreciate everyone engaging with the show. What else? Be excellent this to each other. Microphone turns sound into electricity. Can you hear me now? Stay safe out there. Out on Route 128, dark and lonely. And as always, I got my radio on. Catch you later. Can you hear me now?
Welcome to my top ten. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. The last what? Leaves the transmitter Circles the globe in search of a listener Can you hear me now? If there's no one there to receive It's the end of radio As we come to the close of our broadcast day See?